Welcome back. This is Real When Shared. Real stories, real people, real chats. And wow, episode eight. Feels like I've been doing this for a lot longer. (laughs) Well, I guess episode eight means, you know, eighth week. So that's that's pretty long. Eight weeks is a good chunk of time. (laughs) So this week, I am going to be telling you guys the story of how I tried to get to New Zealand and ended up in Hawaii instead and being the saddest human ever. I planned this huge month-long hike basically from like the north end all the way to the south island and like from the top to the bottom of New Zealand. I was going to go on this like life-changing hike (laughs) after my, um, my last serious breakup. I'll get to like why I didn't make it and how that happened soon, like when I tell the story. But this was very devastating for me to not make it because I had spent a lot of time, months and months prior, you know, um, prepping and planning, kind of loosely deciding where I'm going to go. Actually, I think I did have it all mapped out from the top to the bottom. And I, I also spent a ridiculous amount of money on camping gear and backpacking gear all of which, you know, I didn't even get to use because I didn't make it there. So it was so heartbreaking and devastating. Uh, Okay, let's get into it. So I get broken up with, right? I'm not going to get into that story because that's for another time. (laughs) Stories for another time. Um, And it's sad. Anyway, um, so I get broken up with, you know, that is, that's a hard, tough, difficult thing to go through, right? And I think that summer or around that time, I had also read the book. Well, I didn't finish it, actually. I thought it was pretty boring, but I was inspired by it a little bit. I was inspired by both. Oh, this was it. It wasn't okay. So I read a bit of Eat, Pray, Love, and I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. I'm not going to do what she did. But then I read the book um, that summer or the the previous summer. I can't even remember. But I recently had read the book Wild by Cheryl Strayed, and she hiked I don't even friggin remember the name of the hike anymore but it's on the west coast of the United States and she hiked from California all the way up to Washington I think I believe phenomenal book I was super inspired by it and I thought hey well I just got broken up with my life is in shambles I am so broken I need to do something like that. And I picked New Zealand because, as I've said in a previous episode, or if you haven't heard me say this yet, um, I have always been obsessed with that side of the world since I was a little kid. And I don't know why I picked New Zealand. I think because I thought it would be the easiest to do like a thorough, like it's an elongated shape of a country, right? So I'll just go from the top to the bottom. I thought it would be just a simple way to hike and plan it out as opposed to like going to Australia. I wouldn't really know exactly what I would do. Maybe just like go along the gold coast, but I, for some reason chose New Zealand. I I thought it would be perfect because the only big threat to you is other people. Like there's no bears, there's no deadly animals. It's just other people. Right. So um, doing this by myself, I felt comfortable because it's just me in the wild and I wouldn't have to worry about any animals eating me in the middle of the night, you know? So I think New Zealand just felt like the right choice. 
as I was just saying that, I just remembered the name of the hike Cheryl Stray did. It's the PCT, Pacific Coast Trail. Oh my God, I'm an idiot. <laughs> okay, so anyway, I I contact my ex who just broke up with me and I ask him for one last favor because he worked for an airline and he gets benefits. I didn't know if he was going to do it, um, but I, you know, took my shot and um, I knew he still cared a lot about me and I still cared about him. And I think he knew how much I needed this for myself and how much I really wanted it. And I think that's why he let me still use his benefits to try to get there. So you can fly literally like across Canada for 10 bucks. It was insane because like, uh, I'll get into like when I dated him another time, but, um, so wait, when this breakup happened, I was 25 years old. So 2000 and why am I forgetting what year that was? Hold on a second. Okay. My brain is working again. That was 2015. Okay. Yeah. I was 25, 2015. Anyway, so yeah, um, I asked him if I can just use his benefits to fly um, to Vancouver and then to Hawaii and then um, try to make it to New Zealand. So this is how it, if I can remember how the benefits worked and like what led to me not making it. So when you fly using these benefits, you're put on something called a standby list which means that if there are any open seats at the end when everyone is on the plane, then you get to fly and you're put on like a certain priority list. So um, because I was flying from, oh my gosh, I am so sorry. I think I'm going to go close my window right now. (laughs) Did you hear that honk? Okay. So when you're flying within your own country, I was flying from Toronto to Vancouver first, your priority is higher. And then from like, um, your country to a place on he worked for WestJet so a place on like what like where WestJet flies if you fly to where one of the places they go directly you're still pretty high in the priority list so I made it from Toronto to Vancouver and then it was easy to also get from Vancouver to Hawaii but the tricky part is then um your priority goes down on the list of standbys so Like there's all the regular people who pay for their regular priced tickets and then there's the standby list and then you're like either high on that list or low on that list. And because WestJet, I don't know if they do now, but at the time they didn't fly to like they didn't take their plane and land in New Zealand. I would have to go on a different flight, but because it was connecting was still like connected to WestJet, but I was low on the priority list. Um, So here's what happened. I don't know if you understood that. I hope you get it. So here's what happened. I just had to like sit with myself for a second and just think about that moment. Just because I really want you to visualize it. Um, Now it's making me kind of like choked up a little bit. Um, I know it seems silly to say and to think that, you know, going on a huge solo 
adventure slash hike slash backpacking thing is going to just miraculous, miraculously, you know, fix everything and change everything. Obviously, it's not going to fix everything, but I did feel like I really needed it. I feel like my, I felt I felt it in my soul that I needed it for my soul and for my heart. I, I gosh, I can remember the desperation and the anxiety and the anticipation in that um, when I was waiting at the gate. Oh, my God. And I was OK. So I was in Honolulu um, and they're loading up all the bags and I see the bags being loaded. I'm like, OK, my bags probably loaded on the plane. And, you know, they're they're slowly going through the zones and the zones are emptying the the waiting area is getting emptier and emptier and time is passing and my anxiety is increasing and all the zones are done and it's just the standbys and I go up to the desk and I ask like what is what are the chances of me making it on the flight and um you know I can't remember exactly what I asked I went up and I asked a question regarding whether or not like what my chances were and she couldn't give me an answer at that moment um and so I had to go back down and sit and wait and then some like they called up names so there was just standby people left and names were being called up and my name wasn't being called and I was like fuck 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 I'm like sweating like I have to friggin make it on this plane um and so the standby people slowly they empty out and then it's just me and two other people and I go up and I ask again and I say how many spots are left on the plane do you know can you please tell me and she says um there's only one seat left but we have a little bit of a pickle or I don't know if she said pickle I'm saying pickle but she said there was one seat left and she said there's a party of one and a party of two. I'm the party of one and there's a party of two. That party of two was higher on the prior. <laughs> Fuck. It's making me like feeling like uh like feeling all the emotions all over again. <sighs> she told me that that party of two was higher on the priority list. They were above me. And I was like, okay, but I was like, okay, like she couldn't really, she was like, I have to speak to them and then I'll speak with you. So I go and I sit back down and in my head, I was like, this is, this makes so much sense. If you just see it for what it is, if there's one seat, give it to me. Why give it to the party of two? Like, and it doesn't make, it didn't make sense to me, but so they call up this guy it's a it's a guy a young guy and his older dad I believe it was his dad um she calls them up and she explains the situation that there's only one seat left in the plane and the guy literally just turns to his dad and goes um hey you mind if I just catch this one and and you can catch uh the next one and his dad goes yeah 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 no problem and I'm like no 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 wait 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 and I start freaking out like so many thoughts are racing through my mind. I'm like, do I go? Like, do I go up and approach him and ask, um, 
Well, I, did, I can't remember. Did I actually go up and ask? I think I may have like ran up to him and been like, hey, there's only one seat left and I need it really bad. And I think he was like, nah, I'm going to take it. I can't, I honestly cannot remember because I think it was just in that moment so traumatic for me because I needed it so bad. Like I'm trying, like, I think my memory like kind of blocked part of it out. I can't remember if I ran up to him or not. I'm trying to remember if I did. I can't remember. But anyway, uh, if I did, it didn't work because he ended up going. His dad left the waiting area and I was I was the only one left. And I'm starting to cry at this point, um, thinking, you know, my bag is on the on the plane to New Zealand. I'm not on the plane. I'm not I'm I'm not gonna be able to live live out this dream I have and I I'm just bawling my eyes out. And I go up and I ask and I'm like, are there, because sometimes some, so there's no shows on planes, right? Um, and so by the off chance I could get lucky and then there's a free spot and I will go on the plane. And I go up and she's like, um, she's like, we won't know until the flight attendants come back and report to us that we can close the gate and leave and that, um, you know, and they will let us know whether or not there's any free seats and... And we can let you know. And so I'm still waiting and so emotional and so anxious. And I see the, I see like a flight attendant walking um, towards, like from, she came from the plane back towards, you know, the entrance where you enter and give your passport, whatever. She's coming and I'm like, my heart is racing. And she speaks to the, um, person at the gate. I forget what they're freaking called. My ex was that person. What are they called? I don't even know. I can't remember anymore. She says something to her and then they just close the doors. And then that's when the waterworks really start to kick in. Just waterfalls down my face. I am sobbing because this whole thing I've been planning for months. I couldn't even believe it. I was like, this is not happening. And I'm like, what about my bag? My bag is on the plane. And I was like, are you sure there's not just one seat? Like (laughs) I was so desperate. And she's like, well, make sure that they go and they unload your bag. And so I remember being in the baggage collection area. um, Just, I think, laying on the floor on my back just crying (laughs) I didn't even care what people thought about me I was I was a mess and I remember just like being so upset because I was so close to getting there I made it all the way to Honolulu my bag made it on the flight there was one seat left and I was a party of one and the guy wouldn't let me have it Oh, that's what she said. I think she, I think he knew. She was like, hey, there's one seat left and there's you two and then there's a party of one and he took it. But, and so it just, it, I could not stop thinking about that moment, those last few moments when it was the deciding factor of who gets to sit on that plane. And like that guy couldn't have just waited back with his dad and then flew with his dad to New Zealand like I was on a strict timeline 
I had to be in certain places at a certain time because I also had to be in Whistler by a certain time because I had a job lined up there. Like, I couldn't wait for the next flight. Um, the next flight out to New Zealand was a week later from that, and it wouldn't have worked. It would have messed up my whole thing. So I couldn't go. Like, man, I was so, so sad. And I was thinking there while I was laying on the ground, I was like, well, I'm all the way out here <laughs> in the middle of the ocean. I might as well just stay out here for a few days, a week maybe, just for fun, even though I wasn't going to have any fun because I was so sad. But I was like, I'm here anyway. I might as well stay out here for a bit. And so that's what I did. I know I stayed in a hostel and I also couch surfed. I did a lot of couch surfing actually in my day. Um, but I'm trying to remember which one was first. Which one was first? Okay. It was, yes, it was the hostel. Because it was the easiest thing to do right away because I was going from the airport. So I quickly did a little searchy search in the airport and took, I think, a taxi to my hostel. And <laughs> I was also just still sobbing. I was sobbing in the taxi ride and the guy's just like, why are you crying, miss? And I'm like, because I'm not supposed to be here. I remember. <laughs> and he drops me off and I check in and stuff and... I don't really, it's honestly a big blur in my mind what, what I really did, like the details, but I have some stories of while I was there. And I know that first night <clears throat> I was like, I was so sad and, you know, what did I do in my 20s when I was sad and to, and broken? I drank my sorrows away and I was like, I need a friggin' drink. I need to go to a bar. So I think I just like asked people what they recommended where I go to meet people who are around my age to make friends in Hawaii. And I walk down the street from my hostel to this like main strip where there's a bunch of bars. And I went into this one and I took a seat beside, I remember um, thinking she looked like Sarah Highland. And um, I also felt really embarrassed because the only clothes I had on me were for hiking because I was supposed to be in Zealand hiking. So I was in this bar with hiking shorts and a, you know, a like a workout tank top and hiking boots. I don't even think I had flip-flops. Did I have flip-flops? I don't remember. I think I was in hiking boots. Anyway, we were chatting and drinking and getting drunk and I, I, I just call her Sarah all night because I can't remember her actual name. <laughs> and I was crying and she was like asking what was wrong. Uh, she's like, you're in Hawaii. You're in such a beautiful place. Why are you so sad? I was like, because I'm not supposed to be here. I'm on the wrong island. I'm supposed to be in New Zealand right now. And I was like, yeah, it was, it was, I was a mess that night. I don't even remember the night. I blacked out, woke up, stupidly hungover in Hawaii. Yay. <laughs> I did try to think though, I was like, okay, I might as well make the most of my time. She did have a good point. You know, I'm in a beautiful place. Unfortunate things did happen and I'm still devastated. But like, I looked around, and I was like, this is a really beautiful place. And I think one of the first weird things, some weird things <laughs> happened on this trip. <laughs> and one of them was like, I was just chilling by myself on the beach and I was approached by um, 
an older guy, and I don't know how he knew that I, w- I wanted to go scuba diving. No, not scuba diving. I wanted to go snorkeling. He just started chatting with me, and he knew I wanted to go snorkeling. And he's like, oh, I know of this really secret, cool spot to go snorkeling. He's like, I'll take you there. I was like, what, really? And I was like, I was about to go, like, buy some snorkeling stuff and just do that on my own. He's like, no, 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 you have to, like, I, I live here. I can, like, sh- like, oh, no, no, he didn't live there. He would often frequent Hawaii. He lived in California, but I believe he was rich. And, but he knew all the, like, cool spots because he was always always going around doing things in Hawaii and doing fun, fun activities, apparently. Um, and he said he had an extra snorkel thing that I could use. And I hop on his motorcycle and we drive to this like secret little area, this little cove. Um, and so maybe I was being naive, um, back then, but I like to just, um, see the best in people and, you know, just, assume people have good intentions and that people are good people and are doing things because they genuinely just, you know, are wanting to be your friend because he didn't seem too much older than me. Um, maybe about like 10 years. Like I found him relatively attractive. I knew he was a lot older than me. Um, but I, I made it pretty clear that like, I just need, I was looking for people to hang out with and be friends with because I didn't know anybody here, um, and I wasn't even supposed to be there. Because uh, he asked why I was by myself, and I explained the situation. And we're in this cove, and we just get like chatting. Oh, he had some drinks on him. We're drinking. We're in this cove, and I noticed though while we're there drinking, I'm like, wait a second, where the hell am I gonna go snorkeling here? It was like this really rocky area, and you and. You couldn't actually swim out and snorkel. The waves were crashing up. It wasn't calm. I was like, where exactly do you snorkel? He's like, oh, this is like one of my other favorite cool little secret spots. The snorkeling area is actually like in a different area. And in my head, I was like, why the fuck am I here? And I knew it was hitting on me. And um, I noticed his like his pointer finger on one of his hands was a nub it was missing I forget the story of why it became a nub but he did tell me he's like chicks love this thing they love my nub like (laughs) he's like that yeah he's like the nub the nub works just as good if not even better it works it it works on all the ladies it works on all the all the women love it all all the women love the nub (laughs) And I was like, why the hell are you telling me this? Like, I don't want, I don't want your nub touching me anywhere. <laughs> so I'm obviously starting to feel a little bit uncomfortable. Like, why are you telling me this stuff about using your nub to please women? Um, and he wants me to keep drinking. And I'm like, no, this is going to be bad if I keep drinking. And I asked for him to take me back. And he's like, oh, I thought you wanted to go snorkeling. I'm like, okay, I don't think we're going to go snorkeling. And I don't really want to go snorkeling now that I've been drinking. And... Um, it was just such a freaking weird experience and he ends up bringing, bringing me back eventually. Thank God nothing happened. Um, something could have happened, but thank God it didn't. Something did happen though. We'll get to it. So I'm lonely and, uh, I don't know anyone. So of course I'm going to go on dating apps Hello, Tinder. And so I'm on Tinder in Hawaii. I'm swiping away. 
at the beach the next day and a match with this cutie and um it says that he's originally from texas and so i have this idea in my mind like isn't it the stereotype that men from texas are like aren't they like supposed to be like gentlemanly like gentlemen and charming and romantic and kind of like old school anyway that's what i picture or pictured i don't know if i do anymore but when I think of like Texas men, so when I saw he was from Texas, I was like, ooh, it's this cute gentleman man, gentlemanly man. <laughs> um, so I swiped right and we matched and he wanted to meet up that same day and we did. He came and he drove after work to pick me up um, because he was like, I see you're on, he knew I was, where was I, like near Waikiki, like on the south shore area and he asked if I've ever seen the north shore and I said no and he's like well would you like to come see it and of course I said yes because I love to explore and see new places and I never say no to adventures (laughs) so he picked me up and we drive to the north north Jesus Christ I can't speak we drive to the north shore Sally sells seashells by the sea shell shore (laughs) okay i'm just gonna put a trigger warning now i don't know why i can't speak today um this story has got me like choked up i'm putting a trigger warning because this next story with this tinder fella um involves a topic of sexual abuse slash assault and if it's going to trigger you or be too much for you just please um skip ahead just maybe stop listening at this point or just you know skip ahead the next 10 minutes or so till the end um yeah just because I feel like if it's a serious topic like that I don't want to just say it and you're like whoa and then it just triggers you and you don't expect it so just fyi so to continue um just double checking you're you're still listening because you're okay with with hearing this stuff. Okay. These are real, real events and real stories that have actually happened to me. Like I'm not making any of this shit up (laughs) anyway. So we get to the North shore and it is awesome. The, like there, that's where people go to surf. It's like a, a local hangout. Like the locals go there. He was like telling me about it. Um, I forget what he was doing in Hawaii. He was studying or something, but it was really cool to just like watch people surf and, just see how big the waves got. It was nice. It was like, and it was. I really liked him. Like we were, we were kicking it off. It was going really well. And and he was like, "Well, do you want to come back to my place? We can just like watch a movie or something. Um, like maybe watch Netflix." And I said yes because I I was enjoying my time with him. But I hate when people like suggest Netflix and they automatic automatically assume that means hook up. For me, it, it does not mean hook up. If you want to Netflix and chill, we are literally watching Netflix and chilling. That is it. <laughs> like, if we put on a movie, I'm watching the movie. Like, stop making out with me. Like, I hate when people just assume if I want to go watch a movie with you and watch Netflix that we're going to hook up. That's not what that means. Just 
why do people why do men assume that i hate it i hate it so much and it has come up so much in the dating world throughout my like dating life i've i've hated it so much anyway so we go back to his place to netflix and chill and guess what he thinks it is not netflix and chilling like i think the actual name of the activity says yeah he wants something else and this was obviously for anyone who goes through this it is so scary and traumatizing and it fucked me up um for a while um it's not the first time i've been sexually assaulted but it was definitely the first time someone tried to rape me so um we were we did start a movie and he's making moves and you know we're drinking of course there's always drinking involved when stuff like this happens and he's you know, we, we make it a little bit and I like let that happen. Cause I'm like, okay, fine. We'll, we'll kiss a little bit. But I tell him I want to watch the movie. I always tell people this. I'm like, we're watching the movie, but he doesn't let me. And he starts to get very forceful and he pins me down. He like holds my arms down. He pins me down with his, his thighs and his arms. And he's so strong and he starts undressing me and taking off my clothes. And in my mind, I'm like, fuck it like fuck like I am about to be raped and in my head I was like what did I do to deserve this I I didn't make it to New Zealand and I'm literally having the worst experiences and I'm I'm just trying to enjoy myself and I'm about to be fucking raped right now I was so terrified my clothes are being torn off me and just a surge of adrenaline kicked in I don't know what happened or what came over me but I was like I I took control and I was like this is not fucking happening and so like I'm naked and he's like about to enter me and I just take my my little dancer legs and I put them on his hips and I push as hard as I, as hard as I can. And I kick him off me and I grab as many of my clothing as I can. I didn't grab it all. I did what I could. And I ran out of his room and ran, I ran down the staircase, like down out of the place and out of the building. I just kept running. Um the memory is a little bit blurry, but that was, oh, and anyone who has ever experienced that as well, I am so sorry. I, I did escape and it didn't, he didn't actually go through with actually doing the act because I did manage to escape, but it almost happened and it was so traumatizing. I have a lot of, I have a lot of trust issues with men because of situations like these but that happened and I was like why am I being punished I just felt like I was being punished I didn't know why anyway so that also happened yep um sorry that got a bit dark I'm just trying to you know share what went on in my life and unfortunately that was part of my Hawaii experience when I ended up being stuck there when I tried to get to New Zealand. Um, I did have a few good memories, though. Oh, there was one... Oh, gosh. So one other scary situation happened, and then I had some good memories because after this scary situation happened, I left the hostel, and that's when I couch surfed. And when I was couch surfing, that's when I actually started to really feel 
more comfortable, a bit more safe, and I actually had some fun experiences. So I'm trying to still enjoy my time, uh, just kind of like blocked out what happened. I was shooken up, but I was just mainly relaxing on the beach, just journaling, writing things down, um, trying to clear my head, and just meandering in and out of the hostel because I would go back there, get some things, change my clothes, um, you know, go out again and stuff like that. So I'd be in and out of the hostel a lot. And I remember one person also staying in the same, I stayed in like a co-ed room because they were cheaper. So um, males and females in the same room uh, were cheaper. I don't know what what goes on now in hostels because I haven't traveled in a while um, with the whole gender thing. But anyway, so it was like co-ed, males and females, and they were priced cheaper. And I remember this, um, I, I don't know who it was. It was I, don't, I don't know. Someone who was staying in the same room as me approached me <clears throat> and was like, have you noticed that this guy has been stalking you? And I was like, what? Like, I did not need anything else happening right now. And I was like, no, who are you talking about? And then they were like, the next time you go back in your room, just see who else is in there. They described the person to me. And they're like, when you're when you go back in your room, see if that person is there and what they're doing. And if they're watching you, because I've been watched, I've been just observed. They told me that they just like to observe people and people watch. And they were observing and they noticed that this guy was always around in the hostel room when I was there, particularly when I was alone, like they would come into the hostel room and whenever I was alone, he would be in there. He would never, they would never see him without me in his eyesight, apparently. Um, I was like, what the fuck? This can't be happening. So I go up into my hostel room and I'm not expecting to see anyone because I'm like, okay, this person's a mad yoke. No one is stalking me. But I go into the room and no one's in, no one's in there. I'm like, okay, yeah, this person just made all of that up. Um, and I'm just like gathering some things because I'm about to have a shower. And lo and behold, the exact person that, that, per- that this person described walks into the room and it's just me and him. And I'm like, I froze. I can't remember what he said to me. I think he was just asking me, generic general questions or like what I was doing with my day or what I was doing now I can't like just it was odd and the first thing that came to my mind was where the hell is my knife like I carry a little pocket knife on me always when I'm by myself anywhere especially when I'm traveling and I was like where the fuck is my knife and um I'm trying to think of how I acquired it I think it was across the room on the table, like on the table near my GoPro. And I also didn't want my GoPro to be out in the middle of nowhere either. And I was like, is he going to steal something? Like so many things were going through my head. But the number one thing going through my head, um, especially since I watch a lot of crime and horror, was this guy is going to murder me. (laughs) Um, So I had to get to my knife and I just like I distract him by talking to him and um, just like gathering my stuff. I didn't tell him that I was going to take a shower because I was so scared. I just told him that I was just changing and getting ready for the day. 
um, which he was also probably stoked about. Oh, God. Um, and so I just, like, wander around the room collecting things, and I have my back, um, like, towards the table where my knife and GoPro and stuff is. And because I didn't want to turn my back on him, I was so scared. Um, and then, like, I put my hands behind my back, and I was, like, just chatting with him, hoping he wasn't focusing on what I was doing. And I slowly, like, put the knife into like the towel like I put the towel on the table and I slowly like put it into the towel so that I could hold the knife into the towel and then I like picked it up I hoped that I wasn't too obvious and I also took my GoPro with me as well so I was holding my GoPro the knife my towel and some clothing and I was asking him what he was doing with his day you know trying to get the focus off of me and he was telling me like that he was what he was doing I don't know what he said and um at one point he leaves the room I'm like yes okay perfect hopefully he doesn't come back now I can shower in peace but it wasn't so peaceful so I go into the bathroom and I still have like my knife and everything and my valuable um I think well it's not not mine I believe my dad lended the GoPro to me but that's besides the point anyway I'm in the bathroom and I hear him come back in and I know it's him because he was like doing this little humming with his, he was singing a, with his voice, like, <laughs> you know, I don't know what, what tune it was, but it was his, his, the sound of him. And it wasn't too long after he left. So I'm in the shower already and I am so scared. I barely, I barely washed and I was holding the knife the whole time I'm in the shower because all I could picture is him busting through the door. I'm naked. I'm in my most vulnerable state right now. Um, him just busting in and murdering me or doing whatever he wants to me. And I'm just in the shower naked. I'm, I'm how he wants me. <laughs> and I have this little knife to defend myself. I was so scared. That was the scariest shower I ever took. <clears throat> and to confirm, um, after that, I did open the door and he was still there. Like I had to bring the situation to the front desk because it came to a point where it was like it became too much. Like I felt scared. I felt threatened. I was and someone else noticed it as well. So clearly there's something going on here. But what sucked was like the front desk didn't do anything. I asked if they could change room, like if I could change rooms or if they can change his room. Um, and they said they can't change his room they, because he didn't, you know, approach them and ask if he could be changed. They're not just going to move someone. And I was like, okay, can then you move me, please? Like, and they wouldn't because I didn't really have a reason to be moved. There was no like proof of anything either. So I was like, what the hell? What kind of place is this? So that's when I went on couch surfing and I switched places and I found a really cool dude and I left that friggin' hostel and I went and I couch surfed and that was a way better experience <laughs> sometimes hostels don't even give a fuck it sucks but yeah so that was a scary experience but I did have some nice experiences one of them being I made it my goal to get to this place called wait gotta google called uh diamond head state monument <laughs> and I believe it's like a it's like this crater. Yeah, it's like a crater because it used to be a volcano ages ago or something. Something like that. But uh, it was going to be challenging for me because I it was a bit far away. And so I decided to walk. I was like, I could, it's just like hiking. And I've gone on lengthy hikes before. So I decided to walk. 
took me about an hour, I think, to get to the entrance of the park. And once I was inside, I don't know why, I decided to just run up and see how fast I could do the whole thing. Um, because I didn't have a lot of time. I wasn't there in Hawaii for a long period of time. And I still wanted more from my day. I didn't want this to take up a lot of my day. I don't know what I was thinking, but I just zoomed up that thing. I made it up so fast, looked around, took some, took some videos, took some photos. I have no idea where those are. (laughs) And then I just ran all the way back down. I did it so fast. I don't know why I did that. I zoomed past everybody. I was a track star back then. (laughs) Um, But then I was so exhausted and so hot and sweaty. I did not want to walk back. And I was like, I'll just test out, you know, what it's like, you know, just challenge myself and take public transit in a place that I'm not familiar with. And I was waiting at this bus stop for so long and no bus ever came. I was like, I don't understand. I was trying to like look up schedules and stuff. I didn't get it. I was like, does it not run today? I didn't, I didn't know. So I had to walk actually all the way back. Um, That sucked. But yeah, that was a really fun time. Just challenging myself, pushing past my limits and trying to experiment with like public transit. I had my own little fun and that was, that was a great time. It's so wild to me, like looking at the map of Oahu, like out of all places to explore, I went there. Like there's so many other cool areas, but because I didn't have a car, I couldn't really, right? So like the closest area from my hostel to explore was that place. It would have been nice if I could have seen some other areas now that I'm looking at this map. It's so wild that like staring at a map can bring back so many memories. But anyway, another solo fun adventure I did was when I was staying at my couch surfing host's place. Um, and they ended up giving me a lift partway, I believe. And then from there, I had to catch a bus, which brought me closer to the trailhead of this trail I found. I don't know. I just, I don't know how I found it. I think I was just <clears throat> like researching which trails I could do that were nearby, um, that I could do my own. And because remember, I'm trying to like kind of, make up for the loss of New Zealand somehow in some way by doing all these solo adventures and challenges, I guess, because I wasn't able to do that in New Zealand, Um, even though it was not living up to at all what, you know, New Zealand would have been. But anyway, so this trail I found and hiked um, was called, I'm going to say this so wrong, I'm going to try, Ihualama Trail. I don't think that was correct, but I tried my best. So I started the um, this trail pretty late in the day. Um, I don't know why I did this to myself. Um, maybe also challenging myself. I'm not sure. But I was having a good time. You know, I'm embracing being alone, embracing solitude. And just it was it felt like I was alone on on the trail, actually, like the only person on the trail. I didn't see anybody. I think it's because it was so late in the day. And it felt like really cool. I was just focusing on, on, focusing on sounds around me, um, taking in all the smells, all the sights, just really, really trying to be present and with myself and embracing everything that the trail had to offer. It was so beautiful. I remember the trail was so muddy as well. It was so dirty. I was having so much fun. I was just on my own little solo adventure and getting so muddy. And it was just full of bamboo and beautiful, huge, like banyan trees. I hugged one at one point. I stopped and took a photo. 
remember that photo? <laughs> um, yeah, and just like lined with so much beauty. There's little little waterfalls, little streams, and I was running out of water out of water at one point actually, so I had to use my life straw. I remember doing that and taking a photo and documenting it. Um, so I was I was really enjoying it until I was looking at where it ended and I w- and the sun was going down. I was like, am I going to make it? And I kept walking, walking, and I was starting to get a little bit fearful and a little bit scared because I don't want to hike alone in the dark. The dark scares me, especially being alone on a trail in the middle of nature, like in the middle of nowhere. And I think I chose this hike actually because it was like nice and short, just under four hours to do. It's just you know, like one line, there's a little loop at the end, you come back around the loop and then you go back out. And I think I was trying to at least get to the loop, but I was running out of time and the sun was going down. So I didn't actually make it to the very end. Um, I had to, I made the executive decision to turn around and do the safe thing and go back (laughs) because I, I was getting too scared and my mind was playing tricks on me. And I was just, I was thinking of the craziest things and I was letting my mind get the best of me and I was getting so fearful so I was like if I continue on this is not going to be good (laughs) so I went back and I made it out and waited for the next bus and also probably would have missed the last bus so good thing I went back out but that was just a nice beautiful time by myself and yeah I basically ended that little mini trip in Hawaii just hanging out with my new couch surfing host friends and hanging out at the beach with them and also by myself and doing some yoga on the beach as well. And I ended it that way, kind of just like sad, but also honestly just really depressed. I was really depressed because I was like, this is supposed to be a beach in New Zealand. I just kept thinking about it. I could not not think about it, but it's still, it ended on a high note. Like it ended, it ended fun and it ended with me just smiling and actually laughing and kind of enjoying myself. So that is the story of me trying to get to New Zealand, failing, and ending up in Hawaii, and it being kind of sort of from hell a little bit, but also kind of nice. (laughs) So yeah, stuck on the wrong island. That's what happened. Okay, thanks for listening, guys. Sorry it was a little tough at some parts to get through, but we did it. And I will talk to you guys next week. Meow, do you hear my cat?